Hey guys, this is Sean Williams of the Sean Williams Podcast Network, host of Variety Bites and The Shark Attack. I hope you've been enjoying what I've been bringing you on on this podcast. Did you know you could actually get paid for listening to this podcast and others? Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true, thanks to a new free app that I've discovered called PodCoin. And here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, you and you earn PodCoin while you listen. And you can use that for gift cards like for Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're just a charitable person, you can actually have that go to charity. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android. And thanks to you guys, my growing audience I, and loyal audience, I have a special code for you. Simply use the code Williams and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. So once again, just when you install the app, make sure you use the code Williams to get your 300 PodCoin, and I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I threw in that little extra with the intro, but what could I say? Growing up, I wanted to drive and ride like the Dukes, except minus the car with the Confederate flag on it. Yeah, yeah, we don't need no Confederate flag bullshit. This is a family program. Yeah, I was a kid back then, and even I didn't like the Confederate flag. Nope. But anyway, what is up, people? This is The Attack. I am yours truly, Sean Williams. With me, of course, is the Sergeant-at-Arms himself, Mr. J.P. Mayer. J.P.? Uh, I, I just want to put yep. it out there to all y'all listening in, in Radio Land. Don't ever do an update on your, uh, beta update on your phone and then have to try to go back. It is a bitch and a half. Oh, I've, I've always stayed away from the betas. Uh, you see, I always do the beta. I don't know, I just... And this is the first time I've ever had, a, had a, like this much of a problem. Yeah. I don't know, I've always kind of waited till this actual one came out before I did anything. Well, to be fair, though, with iOS 13, we are going to get a dark mode, which has me very excited. Rightfully so. But anyway, people, we got quite a lot to talk about. Got a lot of stories to cover. Plus, later on in the show, it's my turn in the hot seat. Yes, now, while you're... While you throwing the stuff at me last week was fun, I'm going a little bit of a different route this time, hey, which that's... you'll see later on. All right. All right. In the meantime, topic one, and JP, this may be the biggest story that we've covered in the, in the opener. Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman not only hired for creative, but as 
executive directors for Creative for SmackDown and for Raw. Paul Heyman is going to get Raw, while Bischoff will get SmackDown. And this was following a story that reportedly Fox is not happy with the way things are with the WWE right now, and it was even going as far as they were going to hold a meeting about it as soon as next week. Now, to those that are saying, so what, Vince is still going to have the final say? Perhaps, but Vince had to have the final say in this, this drastic of a move. Because this move would not have happened unless he didn't give the okay and if he didn't want it. Now, hiring Bischoff is one thing, or hiring Heyman is one thing, but both of them... And to have Bischoff on the show that Fox paid the billions for, that's drastic. And to a lot of people, myself included, I really feel like if WWE wasn't panicking and desperate, they are now. And then, of course, resident fuckhead and America's least wanted, Dave Meltzer, J.P. Cuit. Thank you. You're welcome. Is apparently saying Fox had no idea of this, that if but if they did, they they wanted they were gonna want Bischoff well, not Bischoff running Raw, not SmackDown, and having Heyman on SmackDown. Now is we were saying how everyone said how the Things would get worse before they got better. JP, this makes me wonder. Making such a drastic move like this, things have to be worse than we thought. Well, they gotta be, because if you go back to Stomping Ground, while it was a good pay-per-view, it was half-tarped off. Yeah, well, remember what we had said the week before. Ticket sales were down. For, for this show, no one was really given a damn about it. And if it suffered, for the most part, if, this show, if that show suffered from anything, it was from predictability. And then the main event just getting hijacked and dissected by that crowd. Now, to be fair, that match was not on the fault of Seth Rollins or Baron Corbin. Lacey Evans was put in a position that she should not have been in. Not to mention, Lance Storm brought this point up on Twitter. When has having a heel guest referee ever improved a match or made the match better? Ever. It hasn't. I tried to think of one time, and I can't think of one. Yeah, no. I mean, if you want to go back and say... SummerSlam 1988, when Jesse Ventura was the referee for the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. That match was good despite him, not because of him. You had Hulk Hogan, you had Andre the Giant, you had Macho Man Randy Savage, and you had the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Fucking up that match was impossible. Yeah. Now, in this particular case, I mean... Let, look, we already had a bad taste in our mouths of Lacey Evans from her match with Becky, which, if we learned anything from that one, I'm going to 
cover that briefly because more on that later. But what we saw from that is starting to question if Lacey was even ready to be moved up, but also that Becky Lynch could wrestle circles around her. Becky Lynch could have wrestled circles around the fucking peanut and still been better. True, but back to what we were talking about with Bischoff and Heyman. Now, we already Heyman's already been, had an active role on WWE as of late, so that's not much of a stretch that they would give him offer him a new position. However, Bischoff, he's been he seemed to be pretty content being outside of the wrestling business, with the exception of his podcast, and occasionally going on Starcast or anything like that, but it begs, I can't help but ponder, JP, that they would have to have made him an offer that was impossible for him to ignore. And I'm not, and I'm not talking just money. I mean, I guarantee you for both Paul Heyman and for Eric Bischoff, they are not going to, they were not going to want this job with Vince McMahon breathing down their necks and screaming at them what to do. Or, well, not they're not doing play-by-play, but I mean basically telling them what he wants them to do. That's not why they were... I guarantee you that's not why they were brought into this position. I guarantee you they were given some leeway as to what they can and cannot do. Yeah, so, I mean... But I don't think WWE would have made such a drastic move like this unless they were truly under pressure. And you and I have talked about this already prior to tonight's episode, that WWE cannot afford to lose this deal with Fox. I mean, my good buddy Dwayne Allen, he was saying, well, they just do more Saudi shows. I don't think that's going to cut it. They could do a Saudi Arabia show once a month for the whole year, and it's not going to equal up to the money that they'll lose, that they would lose if Fox decides to pull the plug on the deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Plus, the Saudi Arabia shows can't hold a candle to being on a widespread network such as Fox. Now, I know some people are wondering, can they do that? Can they just pull the plug on that at just like that? I'm no expert, but from my own standing, and I'm basing this just on common sense, I'm afraid they can. You don't make you don't make a deal like this without and with the amount of money Fox is throwing out without certain safeguards and certain provisions. And in in other words, if you're not drawing ratings, if you're not producing revenue, if you're not bringing in sponsors, then you're dead weight. Exactly. And they've dropped a lot, they've dropped plenty of TV shows for less than that. So, and I, I know, I've, I liked a lot of shows on Fox that they just decided to pull the plug on. 
But, I mean, and for everybody else wondering what could happen if Fox did cancel things and just pull the plug. Anarchy. Stocks will take a nosedive. They're going to have some explaining to do with the shareholders. And there's probably going to be quite a few talent layoffs. And I guarantee you, if that happens, AEW will capitalize on that. They won't get everybody, but they'll get enough. But, um, basically, I've said that losing the Fox deal won't hurt the WWE. It'll cripple them. The damage would be nothing short of cataclysmic. And, but JP, the biggest question with all this, with this story, what can we expect out of the WWE programming with Bischoff and Heyman at the helm? Aside from the fact that hopefully things will be better, but also, I mean, we already pretty much covered that, but really, how bad did things have to be to, to pull this? And pretty much fired the first shot with the Monday Night Wars. Exactly. And he did he did save WCW from basically going extinct after the Bill Watts era. Yeah, now did they manage things wonderfully? No, absolutely not. However, they got they got the job done when they needed to. Eric Bischoff was responsible for WCW beating the WWE in ratings for 83 straight weeks. And Paul Heyman was responsible for the underground coming out in ECW. True. But, you know, here's another... Who knows what more WCW could... or what more Eric Bischoff could have done if the AOL Time Warner merger hadn't happened. He's been very vocal about that was what destroyed ended up setting the fuse that would lead to WCW's destruction. Not him. And of course, well, hiring Vince Russo didn't help matters much either. Mr. One Trick Pony. But... But yeah, those are all very solid points. And I mean, you know, it's one thing that they hired Eric Bischoff, but like I said, you put him at the helm of the show that Fox just paid for. Yeah. I mean, if that, do- I mean, that just kind of screams that desperation in the sense that, you know what? You're. It's like handi- basically saying to Bischoff, here's the keys, go nuts. Yeah, it's just he doesn't have the power to sign people. Like, he doesn't have the unlimited checkbook like he had 
when he was president of WCW. Right, basic, which, you think about that, I mean, it kind of, almost in a sense it seems more, well, maybe, I don't know if it's the right term for it, it's more relaxed than when he was in WCW. That everything that he's not in charge of the finances, he's not in charge of signing talents, like you said. It's basically give give them a show that is gonna attract an audience, that's gonna draw that's gonna appease Fox. Make their product look like something worthwhile. Because let's face it, if there's anything, that it seems like they're, I mean, WWE's money would have to start suffering in order for them to actually take notice. And while it's not like they're going bankrupt or anything, but it ha- but I'm just saying it had to have been a noticeable difference in their pocketbook to see that something's wrong. And one of the things wrong with WWE, which leads to the next topic, I think the, it's safe to say the wild card rule, much like the brand extension at this point, is non-existent. Oh, God, yes. This past Raw had 11 superstars from SmackDown show up. So, looking back at the wild card, what happened to just three? And here's the other problem, especially this is one issue I had with Stomping Ground. A little, I mean, given it was with one belt, but still. You're having Raw superstars challenge for SmackDown titles. Case in point, Alexa Bliss challenging Bailey. And the announcers aren't even talking about the wild card rule anymore. So, JP, what more can you say other than, what the fuck? Going back like towards the end of the original brand split back in 2013 or whenever it was. The infamous like, Raw Super Show. Yes. And you know, um, I was listening to some of Grill and JR this week, and JR and they talked about the draft in 2008. Where was the infamous they moved JR to SmackDown? Oh, God, yes. And, you know, that he liked the concept of the draft. He understood the concept and what they were aiming for with the draft. But the delivery of it just didn't pan out. And that also that Vince had a bad habit of setting something up and that it looked good on paper. But then after that, if he didn't like how it looked, the second that it, he saw it, the actual physical form of it, he'll toss that shit out. Basically. And see, here's the thing. I have no problem with the brand split if it actually works. And like what, like I've been saying to you for weeks is that it's not doing, this brand split is not doing what it's supposed to do. It's not giving us new stories, it's not giving us new rivalries. 
And like I said, you're having you're having superstars from the other brand challenge for another brand's title. You had Alexa Bliss challenging Bailey for the SmackDown women's title, and now you're you're having Samoa Joe challenge Kofi Kingston for the WWE title, and Samoa Joe's on Raw. That he is. So it's given no real explanation to, so what happens if that person wins the belt? Do they bring that belt to them or to their, to their brand? Or do they switch out and the one that they lost to or that lost the belt goes to the other brand? All of that is problems they're not addressing. That they're not. Not that I have a problem with Samoa Joe going for the WWE, WWE title, but again, more on that later. But at this point, it just feels like they're delaying the inevitable of ending the brand split. Yeah, I mean, at this, I mean, at this point, it it's just gonna, it's gonna happen. And that's all there is to it. Uh-huh. Now, one topic I forgot to that I forgot that I also wanted to talk about before I go into cross the line. Seth Rollins seeming to have a Twitter war with just about everybody. Both the people that are the fans that have been critical about WWE as of late, but also having a little back-and-forth battle with Will Ospreay. Yes. Now, as far, I mean, Seth saying that he feels the best wrestling in the world is in WWE. Look, it's... it. Look, right now, he's one of the big the big prime faces of the company and it's signing his checks. I can understand he's not going to say some other prom- here's the thing people have to consider. He's not going to say that some other promotion is the best wrestling in the world when he's working for the big dog that is WWE. Exactly. You really expect him to be working for WWE and saying he thinks AA- that AEW is the best wrestling in the world or that Ring of Honor is? I don't think so. AEW He's not going to praise another promotion while he's working for another one. He's just not. That's just solid fact on that one. But, um... But at the same time, though, you are the, you are the top face in the, of the company and basically the poster child of it, and... You kind of have to maintain a certain demeanor and you have to understand, especially in this day and age with social media, there's going to be backlash. Oh, of course. So, was it really kind of wise for him to start to lash out? Not the smartest thing to do, I'll say. It's not the worst thing he could have done, but it definitely was not the smartest. I get he's trying to defend his brand and everything, but you're basically 
attacking back at the paying customer. It's not really something you want to be doing. But then again, but then again, I guarantee you half of those people, a good chunk of the people that criticize WWE are also the internet trolls that just want to hate on everything. That if they're not hating on something, I'm pretty sure they'll drop dead. This is very true. Then again, if they if they did drop dead, I'm pretty sure it would be a blessing for society itself. Probably. But with that being said, as I've said, people got a lot to talk about. We've cut a lot of ground so far. And now it's time we do some more as we cross the line. Bitch, what line? Alright, my cross the line. I got quite a few things. There was some good that came out of stomping ground. First off, congratulations go out to Drew Gulak for winning the Cruiserweight title, which was one hell of a match with him, Tazawa, and Tony Nese. And what I like about this is that, look, there's plenty of time of having the favorites win the Cruiserweight title, but you still want to build stars in that division. Of course. And Gulak is probably one of those that I would say is long overdue. So they... It, I'm glad that he finally got it. And Tony Nese will have another moment with that belt, and the same can be said about Tazawa. But um, the other one that was also a big one for me was, of course, Ricochet winning the United States Championship. And, of course, on social media, saw the video of his, his girl and fiancé, Casey, just tearing up over Ricochet winning the belt. Fiance? Why'd they get engaged? I thought I heard that in the... I'm pretty sure I heard that in the on that same video. Huh? It, was on, it was on YouTube where... It was the extended version on YouTube. And somebody popped that out. Ah, okay. But that the fact that... Again, the fact that Ricochet won the belt and beat Joe for it... That's just huge. I mean, see, I mean, given we've seen him win a singles belt, if you include NXT, but still, the first belt he's won on the main roster doesn't get bigger than that. No. And of course, as if the week already wasn't big enough for him, Ricochet not only wrestled AJ Styles. He main evented Raw against AJ Styles. Now, me and you talked on Monday during Raw when that match happened, and me and you are both adamant, like, champions should not lose non-title matchups. However, Ricochet lost to AJ fucking Styles. And there is absolutely no shame in losing to a guy like AJ Styles. And memo to Shane McMahon, that is the real best in the world. So, and if you don't like that, well, I'm not, not going to say I got two words for you. I'll just simply say, blow it out your ass, rich boy. <laughs> and 
And I gotta admit this, this was also part of my cross the line. The 24-7 title has done something that I never I didn't think was possible. It actually changed my mind about it. The belt is actually entertaining. I mean, hell, we got Cedric Alexander and EC3 both on Raw, given their title win was brief. And I gotta say this, R-Truth is probably the best thing to happen for that belt. Yes! I mean, him, like, crashing Drake Maverick's wedding and winning the belt back is one thing, but... How he keeps calling Drake Maverick Hornswoggle. And when Drake Maverick said how he didn't even get the chance to consummate the marriage with his wife. And Truth goes, you know, Fiverr is supposed to be really good for that. And now, before people get their pennies in a bunch that Truth crashed the wedding. That was after the actual ceremony. Yeah, come on. You really think WWE is that is that sadistic that they would do that with a real wedding? I mean, here's a news flash. When when Big Show's quote unquote dad passed away and they did that funeral that Boss Man crashed, it wasn't a real damn funeral. Come on, even they're not sick enough that they would do something like that. Well, they are. They had um, May Young give birth to a hand. Well, something gimmicked, yes, but crash an actual real funeral or a real wedding? Yeah, that's something they, I don't think they would Yeah, do. even they got standards. Even they have Not a limit. Much, but... Not much, yes, but even they have to have some kind of, they have to have some kind of line. But, and then when Drake Maverick screamed, I said consummated, not constipated. And the crowd started chanting constipated. Yes. Oh, that was just great. I mean, our truth may be the, probably the best thing to happen for that belt. He truly is. Yeah, and people are actually watching the videos. People are actually generally enjoying it. Yeah, which that... Now, the golden rule has always been for WWE, if you can draw and if you can sell, then... then they'll take notice of you. What can we... Can we expect anything to come out of this for our... that would actually elevate our truth? Because let's face it, the guy... The talent has always been there with the guy. There's always been something there for him. Now, do I see a WWE title reign in this picture? No. It's too soon well, to tell for that. But, yeah, but yeah now. So, our truth is 50. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a solid point. It's like he is a WWE or Universal title went away from a Triple Crown. And well, if you want to get technical, a Grand Slam was the 24-7 title. 
Now you see, I would, I'd probably see him with a Universal title before I'd see him with the WWE title. But even, but both, I think, are kind of a long shot because of what you said. The guy's fifty. And our truth has nothing left to prove. Yeah, I think really what we're getting right now is that he's—it's just a testament to how great a worker he is, and that he's always had—he always has been. Now, do I think, could I see, like, more exposure or something along those lines? The WWE coming up with something, maybe not a main title, like the Universal or the, or the WWE title, but something where they take kind of more attention towards them? Probably. Hey, like I, like I said, if you draw and you sell and you get ratings, they'll take notice. But it's too but in terms of a main title, if I had to judge by now I would say no, but it's I will I'll give I'll say that it it's too soon to tell. But with that but with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. This is Brian H. Waters, one half of the wrestling realm. Also, the host of Break It Down with Brian H. and Wrestling for the Culture. You can find on all your podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. You name it, we're there. And make sure you subscribe to the wrestling realm on YouTube. Now, back to my boys, The Shark and J.P. Mayer. All right, and we're back. Shout-out goes to my good buddy Brian H. Waters for that. Make sure you check out Break It Down with Brian H. Also check out him and Dwayne Allen on the Wrestling Realm on YouTube. All right, next topic, and I mentioned this earlier in this episode, Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch, Baron Corbin, and Seth Rollins. Now, as pointed out, the main event at Stomping Ground the crowd dumped on that one and pretty much dissected it ten ways from Sunday. But, again, it was not the fault of either Baron Corbin or Seth Rollins. But the match seemed to drag having Lacey as the referee, proving once again that heel special guest referees will do more harm to a match than any good. And, like, like I also pointed out that Lacey Evans may not have been ready to be moved up, has proven that not only Becky Lynch can wrestle circles around her, but probably figure eights around her. But but the biggest point here, there is absolutely no way that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are going to lose their belts in a mixed tag, winner-take-all match at Extreme Rules. There's just absolutely no way that's going to happen. So... JP, basically, the question with this topic, how the hell do they fix this thing? And let's face it, we, we know Baron Corbin and, Seth and Lacey Evans are not going to win this match, so they lose, then what? Well, the fact that Corbin is getting a third chance is fucking ridiculous. 
on the fact that in the same sense that Lacey Evans is getting a third chance. Although the difference, although the difference between the two, say what you want about Baron Corbin, at least he at least he's able to keep up with Seth Rollins and not make the match look atrocious. It's one of the few positives I can actually say about Baron Corbin. Which isn't much. Right. But, I mean, the it's not just the fact that that Lacey Evans is making mistakes in her match with Becky. It's the fact that she's making, like, very, very noticeable mistakes. And... I'm not going to question her whether her heart's in this. I'll never question anybody's heart to be in this business. I'm questioning whether she was even ready to be moved up from NXT. I don't think she was ready to be moved up. No, she clearly she. I don't think she was. And you know, as much as she's trying to garnish heat with the whole sassy Southern Belle gimmick. It's not it's not moving the needle. I hate that shit. And you know it, there's a such phrase as wrong place, wrong time. And even if there was a, even if she was actually ready to be moved up to shove her right into the title picture with Becky Lynch, I would say she was at the wrong place at the worst possible time. Right. And and um I get that yes, you needed competition for um for Becky Lynch after after the whole thing with Ronda ended. And chances are we're probably not going to get like a serious title contender unless they move Shayna Baszler up to the main roster and she goes after Becky. Which, thinking about that, I don't think I'd have a huge problem with that one. Me either. But, the, the problem is, look, I get you needed a challenger, but you rushed somebody that was clearly not ready to go against somebody like Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is one of the best out there, if not the best, but there's only so much she can actually carry. And she can only hold Lacey's hand through a match for so long. But when she's botching simple stuff like being at the right spot and missing missing spots, that's when you got a problem. Uh-huh. And you know, I already was skeptic on how I was going to feel about Extreme Rules already. Because let's face it, the last several years, there's been nothing extreme about Extreme Rules. But a winner-take-all mixed tag match? Come on. Extremely crappy rules. Yeah, and you know, Jim Ross was talking about... I'm pretty sure he was talking about the whole 
thing with Lace with uh, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, and now they're basically showcasing that. Sometimes that can backfire. In fact, a lot of times that can backfire. What if the couple breaks up? Yeah. And what do you do then? You can't have... There's... Having either one... I mean... What? A heel turn? Having either a Seth Rollins or a Becky Lynch heel turn right now would be not only a horrible idea... It would be ridiculously, unforgivingly stupid. Agreed. Nobody is going to boo Becky Lynch, and Seth Rollins is as over as it gets with the crowd. They're not booing him. How many times do you see the crowd, or hear the crowd chant, burn it down, burn it down? So, already, Extreme Rules has a huge black eye on it right now. And it'll take a miracle for it to look any better. But with that being said, it's that time again, people, where where we ask that question. Who writes this crap? Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people? Alright, so my who writes this crap for this week... A goddamn tug-of-war? That's how you're going to use Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman? You know, I used to be excited to see Braun Strowman. Now he's basically become the new Big Show. Big guy, one-man wrecking machine, and I just can't seem to care. And... My good buddy Brian Waters, he brought brought this point up that and I think he's right. Bobby Lashley is missing Leo Rush. Leo Rush added a different flavor to Bobby Lashley. He added a new layer to him. Now now Lashley is back back to square one and we got nothing. Well, that part aside, that that horrible part aside, but having it, having a mouthpiece. Let's face it, Lashley still sucks at doing the talking. Oh yeah. And having a big hulking guy that doesn't speak, that that gets boring quickly. But we go from back-to-back weeks, from arm wrestling to a tug-of-war. Why can't you just have them fucking wrestle? What's, ne- what's next, uh, Game of Hokey Pokey? Well, I did read off of WrestleZone, and <laughs> against my better judgment, reading from them, because the, the quality on them lately is horrid, but Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley will meet on, on Raw this Monday. But not only will it be an actual match, it's going to be false count anywhere. Oh, not two out of three falls? What a shock. Yeah, I was just like, geez, false count anywhere? They're going to bring that building down. 
if you have those two colliding all over the arena, <laughs> my advice, if I, or my <laughs> first thought that would run through my head, run like hell. Because I would not want, I do not want to get in the way of those, of those two. But seriously, the bottom line with this, this topic, there has to be a better way to use Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley than this. And it's not like either of those guys are horrible wrestlers. They're not. But start ha- using them to the best of their ability and not this sideshow circus crap. I hated the arm wrestling. I hated arm wrestling since they did that in WCW with that WCW's strongest man, strongest arm competition during the Bill Watts era. I hated that shit. I mean, one year, your champion was fucking Van Hammer. Yeah. But next topic, and this is actually non-WWE related. Impact has yet to re-sign LAX to a new deal. And you just lost, I mean, you already lost Allie. You lost Scarlet Bordeaux, and potentially Killer Cross will be next. But if Impact loses LAX, there goes your tag team division. Because uh-huh. memo to Impact, you don't have a tag team division without LAX. I mean, let's say hypothetically, what if they... um. LAX doesn't resign, they leave the company, and AEW picks up Santana and Ortiz. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, we've already seen LAX collide with the Lucha Brothers. But that you you have those you have the Lucha Brothers, you have the Young Bucks, and you add LAX to the mix. Had them to the mix in AEW. Can you imagine that? I mean, words cannot even possibly, I don't think, accurately fathom how big that would be. Yeah, it would be huge. So, Impact needs to get, pull their head out of their asses if they want to keep LAX. Because if they lose them, they don't have... They do not have a tag team division. No, they lose... They lose LAX. It's game over. Yeah, and you know, I gotta say this, that... Maybe I wasn't the biggest fan in the beginning, back in the days of... um, With Hernandez and Homicide, with Conan being the mouthpiece for LAX, but... There truly has been nobody better for them than Conan. In terms of the managerial role, there's been no one better. Agreed. All due respect to 
I know Hector Guerrero did it at one point. All due respect to him. But Conan just has more just was more fitting of that role. But before we get to my turn on my turn on the hot seat, this is something else that I wanted to cover. This is from the mouth of the shark. Smile, you son of a bitch. Now, while I have a problem with Raw superstars challenging for SmackDown titles, I have absolutely zero problem with the fact that Samoa Joe is challenging Kofi Kingston. Now, while Chris Jericho dumped on the idea of Baron Corbin constantly challenging Seth Rollins, he did praise a guy like Samoa Joe, who he said not only can carry himself in a promo, but most definitely can carry himself in the ring. And if you don't believe that, watch Joe when he was in TNA and when he was in Ring of Honor. Face or heel, it didn't matter. Even when he was a face, Joe didn't change a damn thing. Because even as a face... He was always on only one side. His. Look, Dolph Ziggler was never going to be the guy to beat Kofi Kingston, and now you have somebody who actually could. Joe is probably the biggest threat to Kofi's title reign, aside from if Brock Lesnar changes his mind and cashes in on Kofi instead of Seth. Yeah. But also, the Coquina Clutch has become such a revered move that people feel that once Joe locks that hold on, you're not getting out of it. But the only complaint I have about Samoa Joe, I miss the damn muscle buster. So do I. But, JP, what do you, I mean, I gave my thoughts on it. What do you think we can expect with Samoa Joe versus Kofi Kingston? I think you're going to get a very hard-hitting matchup, and I don't know if Kofi can overcome I think if there's anybody that's going to take the belt off of Kofi Kingston that deserves to, it's most definitely Samoa Joe. Yeah. And you know what? This would explain why they had him drop the belt to Ricochet. If this was the plan. But with that being said, people, we debuted it last week. Now, it's my turn. This is the Crash Course. it's okay that I went with the live one for that one. No complaints. ACDC is ACDC. Exactly. Alright, so, people, I explained it last week how this goes. So, each week we're going to take turns, three to five questions, testing our knowledge from all our years as wrestling fans. This time it's JP's turn to, well, be the firing squad. So, JP... Like the Pat Benatar song, hit me with your best shot. So, it's like I said, I'm going a little different this time around. I'm going to, I have one big question, 
I have a couple little questions. The little questions are going to date back to when you were a youngster first watching wrestling. All right. When you were young watching wrestling, who was one wrestler you absolutely despised and why? Ooh. Um... Yeah, that's a good one. Um, let's see. Despised. Um, yeah, I'm, real, I'm thinking on that one. Um, now, this can be from either... Now, do you want just WWE, WCW, what? It doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever wrestling you watched... Yeah, well, I watched WWE first. I didn't watch, um, actually watched WCW probably later on when it was close to, it was late 80, it was late 89 to the 90s when that happened. Um, let's see. Trying to think here. Um. I'm not, like I said, I'm not giving an I don't know on this one. In fact, I'm rather impressed with this question. Um, you know, I don't think I was ever, I don't think I was ever that big of a Rick Martell fan as a kid. Okay. I mean, at the time with doing the whole the model thing, and at the time I was a little kid, I don't know what the hell that was. Now, for me... Oh, actually, no, 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 no. Change my mind. Change my mind. I thought of one. Even though it was a fan favorite, I never liked the gimmick. I really didn't like the Red Rooster. Uh, cock a doodle doo Now, I have one that I didn't hate, but fucking terrified me. And that was The Undertaker. I'll tell you one that scared the crap out of me as a kid. And it wasn't The Undertaker. Surprisingly. It was actually Papa Shango. I was... I was 12... When... Like... I was a little older, like 10, 11, 12, when Papa Shango first came out. So, I wasn't, like, too freaky. Like, wasn't too freaked out about him. Right. Alright, now, I'm gonna reverse it. Okay. What, what wrestler did you love to watch? Well, at the time, well, I'm sure anybody that, had, like, in terms of the hero or whatever... Um, well, I'll even throw it, I'll throw in a WWE one, and I'll throw in WCW. Because WWE, or WWF at that time, of course, it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And I know the Ultimate Warrior was there too, but you know what, I like, I liked, I always would preferred Hulk Hogan over the Warrior. I just did. And WCW, hands down, it was Sting.
One of the first guys that when I started to check out WCW that I saw, there were two guys that I saw. Not in the same match, but two different ones. One was Ric Flair. At the time when he was the, at that time, NWA champion. But the first face that I saw from WCW was Sting. Back with the blonde hair, the whole surfer thing. That Sting. Yes. So, that's my answer on that one. Okay. Now for my big mama jamba. Alright. Now I'm talking present day. Gotcha. Sean Williams is starting his own wrestling company. I'm going to give you two males, two females, and a tag team to start. Now here's the catch. You got WWE, you got Impact Wrestling, you got Ring of Honor, you have AEW, and you have New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm -hmm. You gotta take at least one person from each of them. Wait, so like for the tag team, I I have to choose one? From any of the promotions, or one from each promotion? What? No, you choose one tag team. It doesn't matter what promotion it's from. Okay. Then you take two female wrestlers from two different companies, and you take two male wrestlers from two different companies. So, like, for example, I, I take two from WWE and then two from one of the others? Say you're taking the Briscoes as your tag team. Ring of Honor is done. You have WWE, Impact, um, Ring of Honor, and AEW, where you've got to pick your four other people from. I'm okay. throwing you for a loop on this one. Okay. Well, I, don't, I will say that I almost picked the Briscoes for my tag team, but... I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to go okay. with I'm going to go with Matt and Nick the Young Bucks. Okay. That's so my... now AEW is out. Right. Now you have to pick two men and two women from each of the other four companies. Okay, so for the women, there's actually two that I'm thinking of. One one is from WWE, and the other is actually out of, out of Impact. Which I know will probably surprise some people. But WWE is the obvious one. I'm going to say Becky Lynch. Okay. And then for Impact, I'm going to go Tessa Blanchard. Ring of Honor and New Japan for the men. Ooh, man. Um, 
Let's see, Ring of Honor. Um, oh, actually, Ring of Honor, I, that's actually an easy one on that one. I'm going the villain. I'm saying Marty Scroll. Okay. And then New Japan. Oof, New Japan. Um, okay, this is a... This is a tricky one because I can't... I'm trying to remember who the heck is in New Japan right now. Though. Let's see. Um, uh, okay, so... Who's a couple names that are in New Japan right now that I might actually know? Okay, you got... Okada, J.Y., uh... Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, actually, okay. The good. I'm going. I'm going with Jay White. Okay. Those are my two. It is Marty Scroll and Jay White. You went very. You went unique choices. I did not think you were gonna go WWE for the woman. Well, yeah. I mean, it. It was. A, it was a tough one, but um, I went with Tessa Blanchard because I've been impressed with her lately. Even though I don't like intergender matches, she shows she can even kick a guy's ass. Um, Becky Lynch, I think, set us up. I, hey, there's a good reason why she's the top female right now. Absolutely. So that that's definitely why I would um, why I picked her. Um. Now, even though I've answered the questions, can I say if 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 I didn't burn WWE, who I would have picked from the WWE side for for the males? Who would you have picked? You know, I would just because now normally I would go with Daniel Bryan, obviously, but I think because because of the youth factor. Even though I don't think there's that huge of a difference, because of the youth factor, I would probably go with Seth Rollins. And I'm biased because when I the very first match of Ring of Honor I watched, and I I've said this, the very first match I watched, it was it was Seth Rollins when he was still Tyler Black, and they debuted on HDNet. And the main event of that of that episode was Jimmy Jacobs versus Tyler Black. And I was blown away by it. Yeah. But also that I still remember the three matches between Brian Danielson and Tyler Black. That it took three matches before we finally got a winner. But um but yeah, that's who I would pick for WWE. Now, if I had gone a WWE tag team, believe it or not, I would have actually said the Usos. Yeah, now for me, my tag team, I was going to go out of go to New Japan and go Gorillas of Destiny. Oof, I forgot completely about the Gorillas of Destiny. My females, 
Kelly Klein from Ring of Honor, Tessa Blanchard from Impact. Huh, I didn't expect that, that we both agreed on Tessa Blanchard. Leaving my males for the top two. And I'm going Ali and Hangman Page. Ooh, oh, now those are real good ones. But you know, here's another one out of WWE that I think should have gotten an honorable mention since you went with Ali. I'll throw one out, and given he had, up until this past Monday, he hadn't been on TV for <laughs> since being moved up. Cedric Alexander. Yeah, that's another one. Now, like, you don't always have to necessarily go for the names. Yeah, I'm not necessarily... My picks weren't... I wasn't basing based on the name. I was basing on, on what I've seen of them. Exactly. And so I... So that that was my reason on on that, but and you know when I think of Jay White, I think I think of when it looked like he joined Bullet Club and then he laid out Kenny Omega just to join Bullet Club like six months later. Yep. But you know, I here's another one I feel like should get an honorable mention if I if I hadn't burned out AEW already. I would have said Cody for the male. Who? I would have said Cody Rhodes. Another good one. Now, going to Ring of Honor, best of the world tonight. Dylan Enterprises now has a new member. Yeah, they've been hyping that up for a while. Who'd they end up getting? Flip Gordon. Holy crap, Flip flipped. Yep. <laughs> I like it. No, You know, that's another one I feel like ought to get an honorable mention, even though he wasn't any of our picks, but still I feel he's one that's worth mentioning, is Flip Gordon. Now, I know that, I know PCO is a freaking mad-ass talent, the only reason I didn't pick him is because of age. Yeah. But to be fair, though, he's had a resurgence oh, hell, in the last year and a half, two years. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying that even with that aside, you put in, you're building a promotion, you're wanting to think of something long-term. And it's the only reason why I didn't pick, um, why I didn't pick, uh, PCO for that one. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from with that. Um, but other than that, it does not look like there were any title changes. Um, uh, Marie Manic did debut, and that was really it. Yeah, what ended up happening with the street fight with the Briscoes and the Gorillas of Destiny? No, the... It was the Briscoes versus Nick Aldis, and mm. it was supposed to be Nick Aldis and Colt Cabana, but Cabana's hurt, so... Oh, who was his Nick partner? Nick Aldis and a mystery partner. Yeah, who did it end up being? Eli 
Drake. Hmm, didn't see that coming. But, um, Eli Drake is now part of NWA slash Ring of Honor. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I... So, Matt Taven retained over Jeff Cobb? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to give it time. I'm just not sure how I feel with, uh, with Matt Taven as a champ. I mean, but it takes a special blend to, uh, takes a special blend for it. <laughs> By the way, I just, there's another name that I thought of just because I loved him in Ring of Honor, but I wish WWE was doing more with him. I won't use his WWE name, I will use the name I saw him at, and that's Kevin Steen. Yeah, no problem. Um, I was at a CCW show, Best of the Best, where they feature 12 of the best, not, like, all-around wrestlers. Yeah. Before before the matches start, they all come into the ring, they take a picture with the trophy and the owner, DJ Hyde. DJ Hyde, after the wrestlers leave, DJ Hyde starts talking shit. And all of a sudden, here comes Kevin Steen. Oh, man. Two package pile drivers, DJ Hyde. I'm like, oh my god, Kevin Steen is here. I must go meet him. And literally, I went to go meet him. He was so fucking awesome. Yeah, you know, when I was doing a blog, when I was doing the blog at the time, when I was trying to get the ball rolling... He was actually one of the first interviews I got to do. Like, he, I sent the questions and he wrote them out, so that it was pretty awesome. And this was when he was still... It was kind of when he was in between because he was kind of carrying the whole out of Ring of Honor because he lost the match with Generico. Okay, yeah. But um, clearly I could tell because I asked one question about, like, what are the chances of seeing him and, Eddie, and Davey Richards in a match? He said he didn't want to talk about him. So I'm, I already think there was heat between the, those two at that time. But then again, is it really that surprising considering it's Davy fucking Richards? Yeah. I mean, that was a guy who had all the ability in the world, but clearly his heart was not in the business. Nope, not at all. Well, we end, later ended up finding out who was the better half of the American Wolves, and I get, and it's not Eddie Edwards' partner. <laughs> Eddie Edwards, Eddie Edwards' partner. Yeah, but um, still, one of the big memories I have of Kevin Steen was 
he holds the rope open for Maria Canellis, like, yes. and then he hits her with a package pile driver and screams, Merry Christmas, bitch! Like, he, that's, an, that's another thing that was unique. Even when he face-turned after the whole run with Scum, he was still him. Yes. He did not change a goddamn thing. And plus, his, his matches with Generico... It was impossible to ever get sick of those. They could never have they couldn't have a bad match if their life depended on it. They, those two were just that good. Yeah. <laughs> you need an example? Ladder war. With the Ring of Honor title on the line. And when he they sandwiched like two ladders horizontally between two that were already stacked. And the, on the top one that was horizontal, he does the package pile driver and the ladder just caved in. The top one did, but the bottom one didn't. And I was just like, oh, please, just end this match before they kill each other. I mean, just the way Generico went limp after that, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But also remembering the promo before the match where Steen said that he thinks that him and Generico are just destined to do this forever. I think they are. And he said that he was either going to leave Final Battle, still Ring of Honor champion, or as a corpse. That was just how good Kevin Steen was. And WWE really does not realize how good a talent they have with that guy. But we're going to wrap things up because I know you said you got work, but I got to say, man, your first crash course hitting me with the questions. Well played, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I was very impressed with the creativeness on that one, man. So plug away. Um, for fun antics like that, please follow me on Twitter at jpmayor80. You can also go to my Instagram, where you can see pictures of my dog and my kitty cats. Um, I did just find out that I can have my Twitter in dark mode, so it is now and forever will be in dark mode. Um, um, tater tots are tasty. I'm very happy I'm working only a half a day tomorrow. Um, nice. Hey, it's not my fault they're not allowing overtime. Yeah, uh, nope. No judgments on that one. Yeah, but I'm getting overtime anyway, so... <laughs> just not as much as I would have liked. Nice. Um, and yeah, tater tots. Alright, so... Follow me on Twitter, at Prime 81 The Shark Attack is the Facebook group. Instagram handle for the network is at Sean's underscore podcast. A couple birthday shout-outs I'll give. Some have passed, some are current. A sh- uh, 37th birthday to my brother Daniel. And, of course, a happy birthday today to, um, well, the vice host of the Ralph Report comedian Eddie Pence, who last I checked has seen Avengers Endgame for the seventh time. Jesus, God. Hey, he wants it. He wants to 
He wants Avengers Endgame to beat Avatar, and I don't blame him. But, of course, JP, I'll know you, I know you'll know this one. Special birthday shout-out goes to an old friend of ours from the old podcast days, Mr. Travis Smith, a.k.a. T5. Bromance. Yeah, total bromance moment. And I know I keep struggling with trying to get it out there, but I will get another episode of Variety Bites out. It's hard during the summer when not a lot in sports going on. I mean, not as much as not as much as the of the big stuff. Yeah. But what I will talk about, um, we'll talk about um, Anthony Davis, and apparently he's waived the four million, so now the Lakers have thirty-two mil in cap space. Now it's just a matter of if they can actually pick up somebody good. Well, apparently, Kawhi has requested a meeting with Jenny Buss. Oh, it's interesting. I mean, he's free to go wherever he wants at this point. And we'll we'll see what happens with that one. I mean, they can offer him a max contract. Just a matter of if it's enough. Yeah. And, well, part of this, one thing I'll talk about, and, and this is more therapeutic than anything... Horrible incident that occurred to me at a restroom at a McDonald's. Yeah, we will not talk about this on this show. Not on this show, but... But... To that person, all I can say to you is... What the fuck is wrong with you? And, and if the defense is... Oh, come on, it's perfectly natural. So's peeing, but you don't see me doing that on the floor in a restroom. And that's as far as far as the, in terms of detail that I'll go. So, yes, I have to keep keep things somewhat wholesome, even though JP and I curse like I, Irishmen on St. Patrick's Day. Fuck. Fuck. Fuckity. Fuck. 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 But anyway, that's gonna do it for tonight. He's JP Mayer. I am Sean Williams. This is the attack. And people, we are out. Say goodnight, JP. Goodnight, JP. I'm going to bed. Special programming note is that next week, due to the 4th of July taking place, JP and I will be taking a break, so there will be no new episode of The Shark Attack and no new episode of Variety Bites during the week of 4th of July. But we will be back the following week. Hey guys, this is Sean Williams, the host of The Shark Attack and Variety Bites and the owner of the Sean Williams Podcast Network. I'm hoping you guys are loving what you hear. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing from the show, make sure that you can make sure that if you feel like it, you donate to help keep this revolution going. Just there's no real set amount, no minimum, no maximum, just whatever you feel like donating to help keep the show going. And I wanted to take this opportunity to also mention that this show also now has a voice message system. So you can actually leave voice messages for th- with your comments, your questions, anything that you want me to cover on either the Shark Attack or on Variety Bites. 
If you want to leave your thoughts or questions about wrestling, make sure that you mention that that it's for the attack. And if you got something that you want me to talk about in sports or in entertainment, make sure you mention that it's for Variety Bites. And I promise the link for the voice message will be provided in the episode description at the end end of this show. So guys, make sure make sure you donate if you like what you hear. And of course, make your voice heard and leave your some leave your voice message on on this show. And because I guarantee you it will make it a good one, make it count, because I will also have it played on the air. So make your voices heard, people, and help keep this revolution going. He was born perfect. And just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to evolve.